Blog Talk Radio. For the past 400 years, it's been like a boy in the white man's house begging the white man for a job, for food, clothing, and shelter. And then after the white man provides him with all of these things, he turns around and has the nerve to get angry at the white man when the white man tries to control his life. How can people, a, a group of people such as our people, who own no factories, have equal job opportunities competing against the race that owns the factories? The only way the two can have equal job opportunities is that black people have factories as well as white people have factories. And then we can employ white or we can employ black, just like they can employ white or they can employ black. But as long as the factories are in the hands of the white, the housing is in the hands of the white, the school system is in the hands of the white, you have a situation where the blacks are constantly begging the white. Can they use this or can they use that? That's not any kind of equal equality of opportunity, nor does it lend to, toward one's dignity. What does a black man look like begging for a cup of coffee in a white restaurant and doesn't have a job to back up his, to pay for it when, 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 when he does get the coffee? It's putting the cart before the horse. Instead of the Negro leaders having the black man begging for a chance to, uh, uh, to dine in white restaurants, the Negro leader should be showing the black man how to do something to strengthen his own economy, to, to, make a, to give himself an independent economy, or to provide job opportunities for himself. Not begging for a cup of coffee in a white man's restaurant. Number one, he must have a knowledge of himself, and this gives him uh, uh, confidence in himself. He, he has been brainwashed by the educational system that exists here in America to the point where he feels he was a savage in the jungle when he was, uh, before he was brought here, and this destroys his morale. So the number one thing that has to be done, he has to be retaught, be given, he has to be re-educated and made to know that he's a man like anyone else, and then he can stand on his own two feet like others. Then if the black man, the black leadership, uh, who has access to all of his money and has all of these degrees today, can't use his talent and his know-how to set up uh, business opportunities, job opportunities, housing opportunities for the black people, the same as the white leaders have done for white people, then these black leaders need to get off the boat. They're not leading our people toward any kind of independence, but they're using their positions and their education and their talent to exploit our people worse than the slave master did during slavery. If white immigrants can come to this country 50 years ago with nickels and dimes and no education and come here and pool their little nickels and dimes and no education, and set up little stores, develop these stores into larger stores, develop this into an industry, which creates job opportunities for whites. Since Lincoln was supposed to have freed the black man a hundred years ago, and today the black man, according to the government economist, has spending power of $20 billion per year. We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position to point the finger today at the white man and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him for not giving him a job in factories that he has he himself set up. If the black man has twenty billion dollars, and these so called Negro leaders are such geniuses that they can integrate white restaurants and integrate white factories and integrate, force themselves into that which the white man has set up, they should use this same ingenuity to show the black people how to pool our wealth and set up something of our own. And then we won't have to force our way into it. We should own, operate, and control the economy of our community. You would never find, you can't open up a black store in a white community, white man won't even patronize you. And he's not wrong. 
Either he got sense enough to look out for himself. And you and you don't have sense enough to look out for yourself. The white man, the white man is too intelligent to let someone else come and gain control of the economy of his community. But you will let anybody come in and control the economy of your community. Control the housing, control the education, control the jobs, control the businesses uh, under the pretext that you want to integrate. No, you're out of your mind. We have to become involved in a program of re-education to educate our people into the importance of knowing that when you spend your dollar out of the community in which you live, the community uh, in which you spend your money becomes richer and richer. The community out of which you take your money becomes poorer and poorer. And because these Negroes who have been misled, misguided, are breaking their necks to take their money and spend it with the man, the man is becoming richer and richer, and you're becoming poorer and poorer. And then what happens? The community in which you live becomes a slum. It becomes a ghetto. The conditions become run down, and then you have the audacity to, com to complain about poor housing in a run-down community. Why, you run it down yourself when you take it down. And you and I are in a double track, because not only do we lose by taking our money someplace else and spending it, when we try and spend it in our own community, we're trapped because we haven't had sense enough to set up stores and control the businesses of our community. The man who's controlling the stores in our community is a man who doesn't look like we do. He's a man who doesn't even live in the community. So you and I, even when we try and spend our money in the block where we live or the area where we live, we're spending it with a man who, when the sun goes down, takes that basket full of money in another part of the town. So we're trapped, trapped, double trapped, triple trapped. Anywhere we go, we find that we're trapped. And every kind of solution that someone comes up with is just another trap. Shows our people the importance of setting up these little stores and developing them and expanding them into larger operations. Woolworth didn't start out big like they are today. They started out with a dime store and expanded and expanded and expanded until today they're all over the country and all over the world and they're getting some of everybody's money. Now this what you and I is General Motors the same way they start out like it is. It started out just a little rat race type operation. And it expanded and expanded until today is where it is right now. And you and I have to make a start. And the best place to start is right in the community where we live. So our people not only have to be uh, re-educated to the importance of supporting black business, but the black man himself has to be uh, made aware of the importance of going into business. And once you and I go into business, we own and operate at least the businesses in our community, what we will be doing is developing a situation wherein we will actually be able to create employment for the people in the community. And once you can create some, I mean, some employment in the community where you live, it will eliminate the necessity of you and me having to act ignorantly and disgracefully boycotting and picketing some cracker someplace else trying to take him for a job.
Anytime you have to rely upon your enemy for a job, you're in bad shape. Avara Ghani, Galagichi family. So glad that Hunter Chillin to join. We one more again. Pun we show Galagichi Rhythm Radio. This year the Queen Quest head from the body of the Galagichi Nation. So glad he hunted chillin' to tune in. This year, Ujama for we pun we station. Hunna no, this year the we show Galagichi Rhythm Radio. And we so glad for this year evening for come for we to be upon this year journey. Of the Anguzu Saba. Because you know, this shall help with what we to do as we model. The key upliftment to the living legacy and the pay ancestral homage. So this evening, not only do we dedicate this your program to El Haj Malik Shavaz, who hunted us yet even a cracky teeth, so that plenty of hunter children still are called Malcolm X. We're so glad that even a try for raise the consciousness of the people back in the day. And then hunter children knew from the word they say what they going on. Why the assassination become? We want to dedicate this show program this evening to Marcus Garvey, who been the Black Star Line leader, who been from the other islands and the Sea Islands, but the other islands that hundred children they call the Caribbean or the Caribbean, who been to try for educate the people, for get them for have forward thinking, for having the grind forward and things like that. We want to dedicate this show to Madam C.J. Walker, the first Black millionaire. Who been in the United States? And then we have to dedicate this your program to one of we sacred ancestors, yeah, in the Gullah Geechee Nation, the Reverend Willis T. Goodwin. The last work he's been to do, then right here in South Kakalaki to the World Trade Center. We've been to do plenty with him and with other rest of people around the world. And he ain't been to just try for getting empowerment economically for the children what did right here or right round Charleston, the thing like that, or right from John Tallon, we have been to stay. But he's been a try for get him over in Africa. He's been a do a walking thing, a care, who will contain anything like that. They cross the water, back to the motherland, to give to the family. The thing where Hunter children been a throwaway, been a blessing to somebody over there. So this year evening, we going to pause for a moment for that and for their spirit. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. This your day, we to get ready for light one more candle from the Kenara. Hunter done got you, Kikombe Cha Umoja together. Because for sure tonight, we have a drink from this your cup of unity as Hunter Chillin get ready for grind on this Ujama journey with we. And Radawas, you done got you, Makeka Dede. You should done have a Kenara Dede. Now, Hunter Chillin been a yet me all week. You know, say the first evening, we done light the black candle. We've been for we. That's for the people. You understand? Then, the next evening, we go on way to the left, you know, the red candle. We light that one. And that one, then, for the struggle. That is the blood of the people in the struggle. Then, yesterday evening, we go on way to the right side, the green candle. That's for the land. That's for the victory. That's for crying out. That's for the success. You see, after you struggle, you have to have some victory and success. Stop saying that thing, a luta continua. Because then when Hunter still is struggling, you wonder why. That means the struggle continues. And if that's what you want, you keep speaking that. You have to have victory at some point. And so then this evening, we're back to the struggle portion. 
It's back to the red candle. Now, let me say I'm like, oh, this just so hundred children understand me all around the world. You know, for many, many years, not only studying Kwanzaa and the story behind the creation of this non-religious holiday from December 26th to January 1st, but also in the practice of Kwanzaa during that time frame and the lighting of the candles. Often mentioned, I'm a person of logic. So I would have thought that the candles would have been lit in order such that when you get to the day about cooperative economics, which is what today is, Ujama, to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them together, that we would be wanting to light a green candle. You know, most folks associate money with green. Some folks mean green, all that. However, we're on the red candle. It makes me almost want to reverse the way I light these candles in the future, except for why they end on a green candle. Because I'm wondering if we have fed and we have lit fire to an energy that causes cooperative economics to continue to be a struggle within the global black community. That is why I thought it not robbery to play these various clips tonight from Ahaj Malik Shabazz because I thought it was critical time that we heard his voice once again and for you to go do your own homework and find out what year was it in which he was assassinated. Many of us and many of the folks who are going to be on this call with me tonight were alive. We remember when it was. Others of us, because we are studiers of our story and we want to pass on our story of our legacy, we also under and understand when it was. And the reason I'm telling you to do that for yourself is find out that year, because then think about these words and when he had to have spoken them. Then do the math on where we are today. We're a few days from 2014, and yet all those different clips could be spoken today and are still tools for our education and our edification. And so as I've done on previous nights here, because you all know, as one of my callers often calls me a wordsmith, I'm a writer, I like to look at the definitions of words. So let's establish this. Economics is the branch of knowledge concerned with production, consumption, and transfer of wealth. Okay, now for some reason in America, they got stuck only on the middle word, consumption. That's why they're consumers, consumer market. All right, so now let's deal with the whole thing. The branch of knowledge concerned with the production, consumption, and transfer of wealth. So now... If we are going to transfer something, we have to actually have it first before we can transfer it. So we have to produce in order to have something that we can then pass on. As you already heard in these opening words tonight, there are the things that we need to produce that then Ujama says that we need to build, that's the producing part, and then maintain. We've addressed this word maintain throughout these last couple of days to build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses, and to profit from them how? Together. Profit from them how? Together. Together is that transfer of wealth. goes back to the collective work and responsibility of yesterday, Ujima, 
goes back to being determined, self-determined, that you are going to be committed to building and to maintaining Kujijakulia. But in order to do that, we get back to togetherness, Umoja, which is unity. And then in the last few days of the celebration, we will take on the purpose for all of this, which is Nia, and how we use creativity, Kuamba, to get there, and how we get there the way our ancestors got us to this point and our elders got us to this point with Imani, with faith. And so definitely it is a critical thing that we look at economics, but keep in mind today is about cooperative economics. And cooperative in the Western world is defined as involving mutual assistance and working toward a common goal willing to be of assistance, all right? So now involving mutual assistance and working toward a common goal and being willing to be of assistance in common goal. So, again, y'all ever work with some people that weren't uh, too easy to work with? All right, so y'all go ahead on. You ain't got to call nobody names. So... Here it is that you have to have people who are willing and able to work in a collective manner in order to build the wealth that then can be shared wealth within the community. So tonight I wanted to bring some folks on that I know live this. I know because I have witnessed their contributions to the community, not just this year, but for years at this point. And first I want to bring to the mic someone who contributes his talents, his gifts from All Mobile Productions, as well as his products that are often sold from NewHealthConcepts.com, Brother Kwame Shah Abaragani. Ujama Abaragani, Queen. How are you doing? I'm well. Peace and blessings to you. And you are joined by... Our brother, the one and only, my number one fan, the artist extraordinaire, our minister of adornment, Red King Danto Abaragani. Abaragani, Queen Quay. Greetings, Brother Kwame. Greetings, Brother. How you doing? Great, great. All right. And then a familiar voice that most of these brothers know and most of my listeners, y'all may not know the voice, but my Facebook fans and my Gullah TV folks, y'all would know the face. And anybody who's come up in the place, y'all know the taste. We have the one, the only, Chef B.J. Benjamin Dennis from the Chuck of Baragani. Yes, what's up, Queen? Happy what's to be here, all y'all. All right, much. all right. Good to have Hona Ya. And then we have another chiefess joining me tonight. I call her Chief Stephanie, my sister from the other island out there on the Gulf Coast, Galveston, Texas, Abaragani. Abaragani Queen. Peace and blessings. So glad to have everybody here in the house tonight. Now, see y'all crowding up the living room. Y'all all around, the, around there, y'all must be ready for, for the actual celebration with the meal. You know, you, you that's how you see. We got to start promoting that part of Kwanzaa. See, folks just think that all we do for Kwanzaa is light candles. If you tell yeah. them that there's actually a celebration with food <laughs> that's supposed to go on, maybe we can get oh, yeah. more of our folks to, to participate. You know what I mean? And Chef yeah. BJ, I know you can hook us up, right? Oh, uh, you know that all day. 
I know that's right. I know that's right. Well, now, my sister, she's this Stephanie. Tell me, I know you are a member of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. You are one of our top supporters. No prompting, no urging, just something that you decided to do. And many would say, well, whoa, she all the way in Texas? Really? Yes, she's in Texas and contributes even more than some of the folks right here in South Carolina where our home office is um, each and every month because I know this topic, Ujama, is central to you. But what made you feel that Ujama was something important to live out, not just celebrate on this day each year? Well, that's the only way that we'll be able to make the world better. It's through economics and economic power. Economic so now, power. Yeah, you're breaking up just a little bit. Okay. There you go. Okay, they can be self-employed where they can help the other people in their community also, as well as their family. So that's why I know Ujima is very important. Exactly, and that's one of the things that we even heard at the top of the broadcast. And I know, Brother Kwame, you've been in business for a number of years, and you've employed a lot of different people and put them under your wing in terms of live sound engineering and live sound reinforcement and technical coordination. But now people will say, well, okay, they see you at a gig, they see you doing, you know, like I always say, turning the knobs, you know, you got your headphones on. But tell me a little bit of let's look behind the curtain. You know how folks like to say, don't, don't, don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. But let's look behind the curtain of what goes on economically with being able to run a black business. One of the first things i got to say is that, you know, as keeping with the uh, faith and interest of Kwanzaa, that was one of the things that spurred me on to, you know, really work and become an entrepreneur, those same principles. And I know that um, within this particular field, it, it, it helps because there's another level of interest and, and responsibility and caring that you give toward the artist that you're working with. You know, it's not just, well, let's go set this equipment up and do the sound and get out. There are a number of things involved. That artist comes in, they know that they're being taken care of properly. You know, they know that they can trust the people that they're working with because they look like them. That, 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 that you know, creates a whole other uh, part of ease when they do their presentation. At the same time, you know, you now have those in the youth who might say, well, you know what, I never knew that there was an opportunity in in setting up equipment and learning how to twist knobs. I know it looks interesting, but I never knew how to get into it. So now here's somebody who you can approach and say, listen, how, how do I get involved in this? You know, do, do, you have a, do you have interns coming on? Do you have volunteers coming on? And, and now you've actually now given someone the inspiration to look at a different career path than what most people might have ever thought, of, you know, existed for them except, you know, teachers and, 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 and firemen and policemen, you know, not saying there's anything wrong with that, but now you have a whole other career path that can place you in a very, very uh, financially viable uh, industry. Right, and now that's very interesting that you mentioned about the internships and teaching the younger people because, Chef VJ, I know that that's one of the things you've been doing along with Chef Ira out at Burke High School in Charleston in terms of as you learn 
about your own Gullah Geechee tradition, your own African tradition and history behind our food ways that you've been passing this down to the youth. But then you could have just as soon stayed and been a chef in a four-star, five-star restaurant, not just in the Gullah Geechee Nation, but anywhere in the world. Why would you do that and then not only do it and you could just make money, but also have these Gullah Geechee pop-up dinners to raise money for our nonprofit, the Gullah Geechee Angel Network. Why do that? Why share with the youth, and then why do this to give money to a nonprofit instead of just pocket the money? Mm, I mean, it's just something that, you know, is I guess it's just a calling that I was supposed to do. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I know for me, you know, my clientele, a lot of times, you know, my people, you know, they can't, per se, afford a lot of times to come out to my event. So I was always want, wanting to figure out a way to give back to the kids. So, you know, or give back to the community because, like I say, you know, a lot of times, you know, my dinners may be at a certain price point and everybody can't always afford to go out um, at a certain time or a certain time of year and pay that certain money. So my whole thing was, you know, get the kids with me, get them to the events, let them see what I'm doing. And you don't have to be a chef, but to see a, another um, African-American, especially male, doing something in Charleston. You know, I didn't leave. I didn't go to Atlanta. I didn't go to New York. And I came back from the Caribbean, came back home, and one of my biggest things was just to be able to get into, into the community some way, somehow. So working with the kids is a blessing because we teach them not only – you know, our culture, because I'm learning every day more and more about our culture, but just for them to to vision a young person that's not just a rapper or, you know, not just in the mainstream things that they always see, but in a real-life situation, they see my ups, my downs, you know, they, they you know, and I, I tell them about my struggle of, of um, being an entrepreneur, the, you know, that it's not always going to be great but I could be doing this for somebody else and still going through the same thing. But I put myself in a position to be able to do it on my own. So that's why I like to have them with me. And I tell them all the time, you could be a plumber, you could be an electrician, um, you could start off um, just by being somebody's, um, following somebody and be somebody's mentoree. Um, not sorry, mentoree, but being, um, following somebody and let somebody mentor them be the in intern, any career Yeah, field. be the intern for them, yeah, and be a and mentee. Then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then take it to the next level. You know, it's all about connections because you could be starting off doing somebody's small house and next thing you could be doing million-dollar homes. You right. know, it's all about putting yourself in position. So that's what I really just try to show. You know, you don't have to be a chef, but come with me. Come work events with me. I'll talk, you know, we talk to them, you know, just about real life, not just what the, uh, the curriculum is about, but real-life situations and let them know that right. we can still relate. So that's kind of my, my deal or how I try to go about not just give them back, but just, just, just what I want to do. That's what I love to do. So, Right. And see, and there has to be a love and a passion to want to give back. And so I know RD, as I like to call you, Red King Danto, you are another person who we met first through social media. And right. then the next thing I knew, every day I was getting hit with likes and reposts and here's something <laughs> else to add to that, you know, on Gullah Geechee and the seminars and this and that. But then when you saw the calls for the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy Fund or any other fundraiser we were doing, you said, well, I got a way I can contribute. Y'all are doing events. I'm an artist. I can create products and give them to you. And then I don't want nothing for it. 
Y'all do what y'all want with it. If it get archived, it get archived. If it gets sold, it gets sold. But this is my contribution. Why would you do that when, once again, as an artist, you could be like, look, I'm an artist. I mean, I got to get paid. I'm not going to be out here. I mean, what made you participate in this type of cooperative economics? Well, uh, I don't know where to start. I, I can go back to, as you know, I always have, uh, I always use similes for everything, like I say, an addiction. And history is an addiction for me, and arts, I, I grew up in the arts, singing, music is first, then uh, visual arts, and then uh, recently, the past couple of years, I got in copper. But what got me, of course, being addicted to history and then going to history. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but with that, as the, you giving so much between Gullah TV, Gullah Geechee Written Radio, um, really taking out time, sharing your knowledge, you know, why not? Why not give back? And usually I try to give back to organizations or, or people that I know are doing something for for the community. And, and, and it's like, why, why be so stingy to say I'm going to hoard mm-hmm. Something, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, I, you know, I don't, I don't have to give that because I'm not getting this and this. I'm like, well, what good is that if somebody's sharing information or sharing things with you? So, you know, part of it is one of those selfish things. Yes, I've been fed information from everybody on 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 the panel here and very uh, Gullah TV and the many people <laughs> linked in the puzzle that you've interviewed and and just so much there that I'm like, wow, light bulb, light bulb, and it's actually connected a lot of things, and it's been a, a very big help. So why not give back to something I've been part of all my life from my great-grandmother telling me stories and, and, and growing up uh, in, in Charleston and later on going to Pennsylvania and, and, and her stories and, and just South Carolina lineage, you know. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something I can do, you know. Yeah. And, see, it's deep because with what you're saying, all I can hear is freedom ain't free. Our freedom ain't free has become a regular statement for me these days. But I know the way that my teachers my teachers used to tell us there's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. And, yes, black folks who listen to the radio, I just mentioned free lunch. Yes, I did. Um, and they would tell us that point blank. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. And at that point, people didn't understand because free lunch programs started coming in, you know. And folks were like, but yeah. someone's on free lunch. I mean, ain't no such thing as a free lunch. Because actually, someone is paying for it. You may not have to outlay cash, but someone is paying for it. People look at social media as if it's free. Social media is not free. The various shows that we have, their monthly fees associated. Even to have the Internet and have Internet access, whether it's on your cell phone you listen to us tonight or via computer, this stuff costs. If you want to be able to maintain these things and be able to have the institutions in your community, have the media of your community to present your own story, to present your own people like the ones that are here on the line with me tonight, you have to pay at some point because in the world they don't take cowrie shell no more. They don't want to take a chicken egg or a chicken no more. They want you to bring this shiny thing now. They want cash straight up and down around the world for you to pay for these types of things. And because our community tends to try to look for the hookup, mm-hmm. you know, we have a tendency to believe freedom is free and it's free lunch. You know, I'm sure, you know, Chef BJ, you know folks like to pack up a plate, catty plate. You know, at the mm-hmm. end of the night, that's cool. But when you got to raise funds, you can't come in and be the second person at the event 
and won't pack up a plate, you know, without dropping something in the pot there. You know, it's the same thing Brother Kwame and I often talk about with sound. People hear the sound coming out, and they want the sound good, but they don't realize how much that costs, you know. And so definitely when Sister Stephanie, Chief Stephanie, is saying that each one of us, by contributing, will then cause people to have independence, will cause more entrepreneurship, can cause more companies to exist in our community. This is a redundant message. As you heard, this message was stated way back yonder over and over. And someone wrote on my wall this week that we were better off doing segregation, that she said, I hold to the fact that we were better off doing segregation. Mm -hmm. And I know why she said that was because many of the things that got dismantled in terms of black businesses, black institutions, even the art that went on in our community got dismantled during integration because we wanted to flood in with what would appease others as opposed to what would sustain ourselves. And so we have a lot of people who developed a a legacy of complacency now instead of a legacy of self-determination and independence, which is the energy, the fire, the chi that you need to get up and create to build and then do the work to continue to maintain. So, again, let me say this before I let each one of the callers on the line have they stab at this. Let me just go on up on this soapbox right quick. Last vote, stop telling people in your family they ain't got no job when they got a home-based business. Stop telling folks how they're going to be a company. They ain't got no store. Where your store at? (laughs) We have never had to have stores. In the Gullah Geechee Nation, people have always sold stuff from their house. They sold stuff straight to you out the field. Hunter Tiller North, they truck and think me the kind of hunter yard. Hunter get shrimp, hunter get fish, hunter get vegetable, all that kind of thing. Truck and thing pull up there. And an old store hunter to grind to. Now y'all say, yeah, when I eat them, I know which one come out the store and which one come out the field or whoever. Right, because there's a very big difference. That does not mean it's not economically viable because mm-hmm. the economic viability of all of these methods of exchange, even bartering, susu, all of these things that African peoples have used have been to benefit the community financially, economically, with money. I say it any way that I can for honey, dinero, so that you all understand where I'm coming <laughs> from in this. Okay? And so definitely even this thing of clothing, you don't want the clothes no more. But if the clothes ain't raggy, don't mean somebody else can't use it. Other communities set up consignment shops and sell your used clothes and make mm-hmm. a whole mm-hmm. lot of money every year. But if I yep. try to bring you a box of clothes and you feel that I use them before, I want them old raggedy thing. But you go <laughs> go to the store and spend a whole lot more money and won't get as good a quality as what I would have given you. So these are the kind of things that, again, when we talk about Ujamaa, and cooperative economics that we have to educate our people about, that every penny literally does count, and pennies add up into dollars. Any one of y'all that want to add to that, go ahead. I done heard the mm-hmm's and the laughs and everything. Well, yeah, I, I wanted to just chime on what you said about, you know, not having to have the, the, the brick-and-mortar store. As, as we say uh, with New Health Concepts, it's not about brick-and-mortar now. It's about click and order. And so with, with the... 
with the advent of the Internet, you know, you can share your products, your services, you know, globally. And, I mean, we, you know, we really have to start thinking about that. You know, we have an economy that now is supposedly in trouble, but the only rescue is going to be global participation. And there are people around the world, believe it or not, who would definitely love to have some Gullah Geechee uh, uh, artifacts, people who mm-hmm. love the sweetgrass baskets, people mm-hmm. who love the, the actually the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the dream spirit weavers that uh, Ray King Danto does. I mean, that's, that's a phenomenal art, and mm-hmm. people want that globally. So, like right. you said, you don't have to run around and try to do it. Mm-hmm. Just, just right put here. it out there. Take your, take your skill, take your talent, take your service. Give some to some folks, first and foremost, because as you give, you receive. I mean, that's just yeah, spiritual. Absolutely. Yes. Feed and so harvest. you got to start right there. Mm-hmm. Feed and harvest. Right and there. I just had to tweet that. I had to tweet that, Kwame, while you were talking. It's the first time I ever <laughs> tweeted during my show, but I had to tweet that. <laughs> it ain't about <laughs> bricks and mortar. It's about clicks and order. Especially <laughs> since we just set up www.gullageechee.biz. I was up till 3 o'clock this morning making sure it went live for Ujamaa. So y'all better go ahead on and support us. Go ahead and click and order because the show ain't about bricks and mortar. So, yes, go mm-hmm. to gullahgeechee.biz and support we this year, Ujama Day of Kwanzaa. Anybody else want to add to this part of this discussion? Well, I'd I, I like to say, you know, like I said, I can be Captain Scatterbrain sometimes. So. <laughs> but, um, but, no, I, I, they're, they're, that's the way it starts. I agree. You start online. You get people word of mouth. That's, I mean, it's amazing what happens when somebody sees something you do and then it passes on and on and on. Some people have excuses. I know sometimes I can be a little slow at getting on my game, but the fact is people are out there, they do. They, they're ready to buy stuff. They're ready to for good work, for good work, for good quality work, good quality service. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are ready out there. And especially, you know, like what Brother Kwame was saying about around the world, there are people, like I said, I know that are in New Zealand that watch the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it goes that far, and they will talk like, "Well, that's kind of interesting because I find a connection to where they might see the same things going on with the language and how they might have been beat in school for not learning the language." And they find so many, you know, your show is so international and has such an international message with with Gullah Reading Radio and TV. So, but um, you know, with with that, when when people really just go out and do it, I guess that. To, to make a long story short, you know, people will come. Like, what is it? The field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, field of dreams. You build it, they will come. You build it, they will come. And and you know, true. that's been a very critical thing because with our festivals that happen, and Kwame and I founded the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, and Chef VJ has been there as our featured chef before. I hope on a Guadeira next August, Chef VJ. First weekend in August. That's Saturday. Right there in the chuck. We back. We back. I'll be there. So, (laughs) yeah, and and even with that event, that event is all about cooperative economics. The artists that come, they contribute their time. They contribute their talents. The folks that work that weekend, they volunteer to work. They don't run up at the end, oh, yo, y'all was counting money. Yo, let them break me off. They do not do that because they recognize the fact that this is the one event we have annually where we ask for the community to come together collectively. 
all our business folks, they come out. We try to promote all the businesses, all the artists that are going to be there. We encourage them to bring out their business cards, their flyers, their merchandise, so that they can make money and they can also build clientele so that they can have people that continue to support them well beyond that particular weekend and that day. And definitely for this broadcast, that is what we wanted to do is just have you all join in our circle of people who live this particular principle of Nguzu Safa. And if you are part of the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, you see numerous postings there today of businesses, business people, Gullah Geechee businesses, Gullah Geechee restaurants, everything that is there, stuff you can print off, even if you say, dog, I ain't there right now. We ain't going away, so don't <laughs> give me that. I couldn't support y'all that day because I have a first day to print it out right now. Write them down, and you can still get a hold of us throughout the year. So definitely, I appreciate each of you. Chief Stephanie, did you want to add anything? Well, all I was going to say is, I had to do cooperative economics like 50 miles away because I went to the uh, program in Galveston, and they didn't have any vendors. So mm. I'm going to Houston now. I'm on my way to Houston after I get off the phone so we can practice cooperative economics in Houston, my, go- my granddaughter and I. Excellent, excellent. And, see, sometimes we got to travel. If you believe in something, you will do it. Right, brother? You know, if y'all had like that sister, y'all would travel, right, brother? There we go. So I'm saying, so, and you'll put money in because you got to put that gas in that car or put that token in that subway, whatever, however you get in there. Feed the horse if you ride horseback. We invest, okay, and that's what we want to have. So, therefore, we need to take the same approach if we say we want black businesses in our community to remain there to be sustainable, and to employ one another, we got to invest in them. So, Chef DJ, we sure appreciate the investment you're making with the young people. Make sure to hear all the churn and things like that. Tell them I'm looking yeah, forward yeah. to coming back and naming fun thing when we do we next Gullah Geechee pop-up dinner in the first quarter of 2014. we going to have something rocking for y'all for Oman month. We're going to try to do something for February, but y'all know how y'all is. Y'all, y'all want to do everything black in February, so we got to prove to y'all Gullah Geechee be black past February. So we got to have something together one more again up in the Chuck in March with, with Chef BJ. But anytime he having a Gullah Geechee pop-up dinner, y'all know we tweeting it. And if y'all ain't following us yet, start following us at Gullah Geechee on Twitter. And if you're on Instagram, you can also follow us at Gullah Geechee on Instagram. And so... As the year goes on next year, we're going to have a lot more stuff popping up on Instagram. We just started. If y'all go there and say, well, how come they ain't got that much of followers? Because we just started a few days ago. Okay, and we got 100 or so followers so far. But definitely we're building up that rank, and we're so glad that you're building up the rank of the next Gullah Geechee chefs to come, Brother BJ. Looking forward to tweeting on the story in that partner. You know, thank you. You know, you've been a big supporter of everything I've been doing, Queen and um, I really appreciate the love I've gotten from you and the whole nation and this big year for all of us. You just gotta maintain, stay focused, stay humble, stay thirsty, um and, and we and we go win. I mean they believe me, I, I am I, I see it. I mean they coming they coming down here for just the Gullah people. I mean, right. I just literally just did got a 
I call from a TV show, and they would meet, and this, the, the show is going to be mostly about our folks coming, mm-hmm. to coming to Charleston and coming to see the places where you can see the Gullah Keep back, like Masala Green, Backman Seafood, or Quentin Baxter and his, his jazz bar downtown. So it's coming. It's, our, it's, our, it's been our time, but it's really time for us to shine. And so thank, thank you, Queen, so much because you, you've been, I mean, you like a one-person PR team for me. <laughs> I know that's right. I can start to you. I ain't going to charge you yet. I can wait till you blow up. Then I can send you my bill. <laughs> and we go really practice cooperative economics. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's real low because I just got a lot of love for you, got a lot of love for anybody who says they want to help uplift the community. So definitely in these last few seconds that we got, we'll go back around. Chief Stephanie, any last words for the family this year? Kwanzaa? Well, just practice it all year long. Practice all, right. all year long. Definitely. Brother Kwame Shaw? Yes, uh, definitely practice it all year long. I'm going to throw in a shameless uh, plug here, www.newhealthconcepts.com. That's N-U-healthconcepts.com. And see how we're sharing not only an economic boom but a health boom as well. And mm-hmm. definitely, Queen, uh, we will continue to contribute to you so that you can use that as a fundraiser for, for the nation as always, and you always will have our support 24-7, 365. Yes, and we know you're going to be back on the air with me Monday on a whole different topic about purpose, and we're going to be dealing with a number of chiefs that's going to gather on this show Monday at 7 o'clock. So I appreciate you, Brother Kwame Shah. Brother BJ, any last words to the Kwanzaa family this evening? I just love being Galagichi. I wouldn't want to be born nowhere else in the world, so... Oh, that's right. I'm proud of who I am, proud of my culture. And um, I guess I put a shameless plug in, too, but you can follow me on Instagram at Chef BJ Dennis. Just got on Instagram about a month now, so I do a lot of just posting of just culture things in the city, food, um, and my love my love for the Gullah culture. So thank you all so much. I love every one of you all, and stay blessed. Love you, too, man. Love you, too. R.D.? I, I just thank you for having me on, as usual. I know I can talk a lot, <laughs> so thank you for taking that risk. But um, also, <laughs> I'm always going to. <laughs> but no, I'm always going to continue to support things. And the one little quick thing is, if you look at all those European Christmas markets, all of these artists come out once a year, and you see people supporting them. I'm like, why not? You have black people out there. Go support them the way you see them, because they make a ton of money on just their Christmas holidays that they do, why not do this 360 and take take what Kwame Shaw said, Brother Kwame said, and, hey, we got the Internet, we have all this, and make it a cyber, you know, village and keep it going and keep it moving. So, you know, I'll be promoting and sharing everything, and I'll be in class on Monday. (laughs) Well, you know, we got it tomorrow evening, too. Every day of Kwanzaa, we're going to be broadcasting 7 o'clock, but we have these short shows leading up to Monday, which will be our full hour-long show. In fact, right Monday tonight. is probably going to end up an hour and a half because I got some heavy hitters coming Uh-oh. Monday. Uh, so, so get ready. Uh, eat your Wheaties because we start talking about protocols, purpose, and oh, wow. responsibility. That's going to be a deep topic. So we definitely got some folks that I love that's had my back for many years that's going to be there on the air, and definitely it's going to be a blessing, and it has been a blessing tonight to be able to have this cyber gathering 
for Kwanzaa and to have it right here underneath this year virtual Gullah Geechee Oak Tree. And so glad that all the hunter chillin' done come for join we. So wherever hunter to be, make sure you practice cooperative economics in the community. And may God bless up all the hunter family. This year the Queen Quet head for this your body. Have a good evening, chillin'. Peace, blessings. Harambe! 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 Harambe!